This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We- and then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. I like the island Manhattan. I know you know. Yeah, this was a definite turning point for me as far as people suddenly going, like I'm, I'm like I've been here all along, <laughs> but uh, I it was just a platform to suddenly really step into and own who I was. Welcome to Y Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives, with your hosts, comedian and radio personality Maggie Mayfield, and Hollywood's secret weapon David Earl Waterman. This is Y Tune Shuffle. Somebody think- just sent me a, a, a happy Easter. And I said, Easter at Y-Tune Shuffle. And she responds with, excellent. Oh. Excellent. I love a good pun. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Gosh, there's some talented people are, out there. Are you a fan of Cadbury eggs? Am I a fan? What do you mean? I'm an addict. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I can... Two, two, two. I can barely... I have to... I have to... I'm sober. Put it that way. <laughs> I if I can help it... I, I sometimes go to the shop in, you know, next to the King's Head in Santa Monica. There's a British shop. Uh-huh. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I have not been. I haven't dared go in it over the last few weeks because of the eggs. I've heard that chocolate is different here. Cadbury is. Oh yeah, different. Yeah. I don't want to be offensive in any way, but the Hershey's bar. Mm. Gross. I think that's what we would describe as cooking chocolate. Ah. Oh. Yeah, but we won't say that because that's no. We don't. I don't want to upset anybody. I'm trying not to be. I'm trying to be nice. Always. Well, you can be truthful. It's not the same. I'll try and do that. Mm. <laughs> There's a gentleman that works uh, at the radio station next door, you know, just down the hall, and he's from somewhere in England, born there. Right. And he says the same thing. He'll get chocolate shipped over if he can, or when yeah. he comes back, he's like, it's so different. It's better. It is. But there are places, there are outlets, there are dealers who bring in chocolate. There are dealers. Yeah. It's going to be a good show. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a good day. No, but now I'm thinking about eggs. So yeah, and no and fo- April and Fools. Focus. No April Fools no. today. Let's not throw ourselves off. I, I already got an April Fools today. What was it? It's very um, PG-13 bending on R okay. rated. That's all right. Okay. Don't leave us hanging, man. All right. Hanging. So as, as a single man of a certain age, dating has become an interesting experience. And uh, I have a job tonight. By the way, I have to go to work at 7 p.m. and, and do a job of work. And uh, this woman <laughs> sent me, this woman I'd been chatting up and talking to, <laughs> sent me this text. It completely surprised me because she's very Christian, very polite. And I met her on an online introduction site. And she <laughs> sent me this text. She goes, I really feel like having sex today. <gasps> And oh. I took the bait, hook, line, and sinker, and I actually called in sick at work. I oh. said, there's been a, an emergency. And then she April fooled me. It was a complete April fool. Now, uh, the looks on your faces at this point. That's mean. <laughs> that that's mean. just mean. Yeah, luckily, I have the kind of a job where I can call back and say, oh, I found a solution. I'm coming in after all. But, oh, my God, that was that's mean, right? Uh-huh. Uh, what do I do? Will you do? Will you see her again? Yeah. Yeah, we've we've had this relationship. Make her where, pay. Well, I mean, it's it's been one of these things where where we're joking that our sex is errands because we're both past fifty. Uh. We've both had exemplary 
histories. I mean, I'm not at all complaining about my my past sex life and relationships. I've been a lucky bastard. Right. And 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 she's got a child, and we're a little bit chunky and a little bit tired. And when we're doing errands, which is our dates, because we're both terribly busy, it's like, well, what should we do? Why don't we do our errands together? Oh, my And that's God. been our sex. It's like, this is really good. Target is the best oh. sex. And we, I've been saying, well, when are we really going to maybe consider incorporating this? And maybe she was talking about doing more errands She today. was being ironic. She, well, she's, she's up against a pro. Isn't that right, Maggie? Yeah. I'm Hollywood's secret weapon. So yeah. she, ha- she knows not what yeah. she deals it's, with. Right. Boy, I've ate up a lot of time here, Fiona, with my I know. Shut up, up, David. Come on. Thank you very much. Good Lord. The English are here. The English are coming. It's Easter Sunday. Blunt. Yes, it is. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know our last week's guest, Mia Korf. Very well. That How, how do you two know each other? We uh, did a life-altering, transformational, year-long course about, oh gosh, if she was here, she would know, about seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And we became best friends since then. When you were 15? About roughly <laughs> 15, maybe 14. What does that mean, like a year-long course? Is it something that you go to every day, or do you kind no, of go it was to a, like a... It, yeah, it was a weekend, a month thing. And um, I obsessed, addicted almost as badly as uh, to transformational work as I am to Cadbury's cream eggs. And, <laughs> I was just going to ask um, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's that bad. So I'm always looking to do things that will make me into a better, more beautiful, more loving, more incredible person. And um, <laughs> this is one of the things, and it happened every month for, I actually think it was eight months. Can you tell, what is it called? Can well, you... we had a, a it was a, a man called Gavin Fry, who's the most extraordinary facilitator and um, therapist. And he was, for a long time, he worked at the University of Santa Monica. And uh, so he would, uh, you'd spend the weekend and you would go through processes where you get to sit in front of someone, look into their eyes and wait till you cry. You know, that kind of thing. Whoa. Um, that wasn't the task, but that's what often I happened. think that's called Zen like, relating. Right, is it? When you, you stare direct, I'm staring right into your eyes right now, Fiona. I'm feeling it. And I'm just full of joy and happiness. <laughs> I, I don't feel like crying. Oh, you've averted your eyes. <laughs> See how that works? Get over, this isn't, did, did he have offices up in um, sort of near Santa Barbara as well? Or uh, like he was, a compound? He, he, no, he was based, uh, we actually did this course in Topanga. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, different guy. Yeah, but I mean, the, the 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 work he specifically does is to do with people at crossroads where you want to make a change of you know your in your path. So everybody on that course, they were all people who at the end of a marriage, at the beginning of a relationship, wanting to find a new way of opening up their life to greater possibility, and it did that for both of us. Wow! Congratulations. Thank you. And I found a most beautiful friend, Mia, mm-hmm. Mia Korf. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Who I'm just beginning to be close friends with. Right. Because in high school, we didn't hang out. Right. You know, we were in completely different clips. Right. But she's, yeah, cool. Yeah, she's got a fabulous band, Playing Lucky, and a beautiful daughter, Matea, uh-huh. I'm very close to. And, uh, yeah, she's been my stable, mm-hmm. staple, stable. Mm. She's been my st- very stable friend throughout the time I've, you know, when you're an immigrant, as I am, mm. um, family isn't here so you create your own how long you been in the states i came here 13 years ago after finishing the usm master's program i remember i stood up at the end of the course and i and i declared to 
uh, everyone. I want to be a stand-up comic and live on a boat on the marina. That's what I'm going to do, which is a, economically an incredibly sensible thing to do, as you can imagine. And uh, I gave up my very, very good job in England that month. And someone called me to say they wanted someone to cat sit for them on their boat. And before oh I gosh. knew it, I was living on a boat and signed up to do uh, um, work at the, not work, train at the New York Film Academy. And, um, uh, and I started doing stand-up comedy. Wow. You put it out in the universe and it just happened. I know, I know. What were you doing? What was the job before? I was working with um, adolescents with behavioral issues. Okay. I had a wonderful facility, which I was allowed to set up at a high school. And, um, and I got to work with the kids that weren't coping in class. So I'd get a, it was very exciting. I'd get phone calls from up at the main building and they'd say, send, send Goodwin up now, send Fiona up now. And a kid would have thrown a desk across the room and... I would walk in there. I mean, I fancied myself as a vigilante slash Jesus, you know. <laughs> and I would walk in and the naughty kid would Im immediately calm down. And when they'd see me, they'd, it would calm them down and they would walk out and everything could be returned to normal. And I'd have the kid for a week or a couple of weeks and work with them individually and uh, counsel them and do stuff like that. And it was just a wonderful... I still have relationships with these kids. Wow. Fabulous. Yeah. To serve with love. Yeah, to serve with love. Yeah, absolutely. I just that was on the other night. Was it? Yeah, so I've been in that field. Well, now I'm back in college studying counseling again. Oh, are you? That profession, right? For Thirty years. Wow. Why wow, isn't that funny? Yeah. Can't wait to hear your music. Well, I wonder what other connections we have here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mia spoke highly of you. I loved her Faye Five, and I'm so excited to hear yours. So Thank you. Let's dive into song number one, shall here we? we? Go here we go. It is. Good question. Wailing Jenny's. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not a big fan of wedding singers, <laughs> but I've, I've I, heard the name, but I saw it on the list. I've not heard thank any you for of that, their music. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just love that song, "Calling All Angels." I um, I had a when I was 15 and very from a very unreligious family. Um, I was tracked down by the Jesus freak at school, and I was the cool, popular kid and. You know, I would meet her sort of hiding in the bushes or something, you know, because she would talk to me about Jesus. And I was... And you'd I, sit willingly? Initially, no. And then I was just seeking. I was a seeker. And this was the only person I knew uh, knew who was actually questioning the issues of life and why we're here and where we go and what we do. And that was what, what was on offer. So I became a born-again Christian at 15, and it changed my life. What, what, what was this person's name? Do you remember? Dawn Beckhouse. Dawn Beckhouse. Mine, mine was Beckhouse. Joanne. She would oh, hang really? around the, uh, uh, the, the elementary school in my neighborhood. Really? Um, and I, honest to God, she, mine was more like Dana Carvey's church woman. Wow. She was very animated and had these little sort of erasable slates where she would <laughs> give us information. It didn't stick in my case, right. but it stuck with yours. It did, and I, I then, later on, I trained as a nun, and then later on I went to be a missionary in Honduras, and it was, uh, I, I've moved away from that very sort of narrow kind of way of looking at the fundamentalism, you know. And the biggest problem for me was, I think one of the reasons that I became a Christian was because I really wanted to understand why I was so attracted to girls. Becoming born again Christian was the worst thing I could have done. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> because really? that, well, it led to exorcisms and all sorts of things, you know. And I had such there were such loving, beautiful people, and um, uh, and uh, and I still I still get react a little reactive when people slam the the Christians, you know, and say how terrible they are because there are most beautiful people. I mean, there are there are some crazies we know who are very bigoted and all the rest of it, but. Anyway, so these, um, uh, so I, I got amazing support, and um, uh, but they wanted to help me get rid of my attraction to girls, and I wanted them to too because I didn't know any. Um, I couldn't. Be, I couldn't say the word lesbians. It's just a, such an awful, awful word. And I spent probably thirty up till I was about thirty, really, trying to get rid of the demon. Was that part and parcel of the area that you grew up? Yeah, in? Yeah, I lived Where in. I, I grew up in um, sort of uh, Warwickshire area, middle of England. Right in the middle of England. Yeah. So there, weren't, there was, when I was in my 20s, there were two women that we were very suspicious of <laughs> living down the road who had short hair mm. and were always together. And mm. we thought, oh, how that's disgusting, you know. I was the worst, I was the worst uh, lesbian because I was so busy trying not to be one that I would find all sorts of clever ways to diss lesbians. Or, and, and I was horrified by the whole gay pride movement. I thought, why do people have to go out on the streets and wave banners? And why do the men have to have bare chests and, and you know, be so um, uh, not experimental, extrovert about it all, you know? But, you know, I had to go through a big... I fought it and fought it and fought it, and then I'd have relationships, obviously, in secret. So then you start to feel a little bit hypocritical. A little bit. Just a little bit. What about this song, 
sort of mm-hmm. takes you to that whole what time the calling all angels yeah. yeah it takes me there and and that's that is funny because I was at a at a, a black gospel church yesterday uh, and it was just so beautiful to hear the spirit of the singing you know I mean if we had got into a conversation about who I am and my sexuality would get into trouble but um, the songing the singing sorry was the, I, I mean and I was, I was just saying to you earlier how where would we be without black gospel music you know all these amazing singers like Jennifer Hudson and um, Alicia Keys and Whitney Houston and you know we, where would we be, we be with that? and it's that spirit of giving and 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 being English you know I struggled to I was very reticent so I struggled to be open and talk about my feelings, and it wasn't encouraged in my home anyway. But um, being in the church, you were—I was allowed to, to do all that. I talked about everything. I, you know, shared my agonies. It didn't go well for me because, of course, then it ended up me being exorcised, mm. which clearly didn't work. Mm. Do you have brothers and sisters? I've got a brother in Germany, and I've got a brother in Sydney. Sorry, sorry, brother. In Melbourne, mm-hmm. and uh, and I have two sisters um, by my my father's third marriage in England. Yeah. Are you so? Are you the youngest with the two boys? I'm the middle. Okay. Yeah, oldest is a few years older. The youngest was by my mother's second marriage, and he's twelve years younger than me. Yeah. What did the family think when you started going to church? Horrified. Really? Oh yeah, absolutely horrified. They thought I got into a cult, which I kind of had. Because it was so fundamentalist, you know, we didn't believe in dinosaurs or evolution or anything like that. Oh wow! Yeah, I read a book. Someone gave me a book about how dinosaurs were all made up, and that, and I just swallowed it, you know. Mm-hmm. So because they were such nice people, you know, it's kind of I really relate to the whole Scientology thing. You know, people getting caught in that because, mm-hmm. you know, initially you feel like, well. You know, these people are so lovely, and they are lovely, but it's just a belief system that is not helpful if you are different, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think you keep stressing about how lovely they were and Mm. perhaps how warm and welcoming. Yeah. Maybe was that something that was lost at home? Totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't didn't always feel terribly welcome at home (laughs) in that... um, I mean, my my mother was a fantastic mother in so many ways, but you know she'd been evacuated at five, mm-hmm. left in a in a boarding school till she was about ten, and um, and she she had a lot of attachment issues and um, she struggled and struggled. She would go from being incredibly loving and warm to being incredibly cold. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for stability and warmth for sure. Yeah. I was I was vulnerable in that sense. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Therapy, therapy, about a year of therapy now is getting me to that point. So really? I'm like, oh, it's, uh, it's me too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, the, the, almost the human condition is mm-hmm. starting to recognize these yes. commonalities. Yeah. And one of the worst things about being in the particular branch of the Christian movement that I was in was that um, therapy was considered to be, uh, you know, really from the devil. So do, does exorcism work or do you think that's a complete fallacy within the church? Uh I would say it's it more than doesn't work. It creates a huge other number. Of, I mean, I remember coming out of my first exorcism, and I, I <clears throat> at the end of the exorcism, the the I asked the pastor how did it go, and he was from Cornwall. He said, "Not not well, my lover." And I said, "What do you mean, not well?" And he said, "Well, when you uh, when you when you came in, you had seven demons." 
I said, wow. And he said, but while we were doing it, five more came in. <laughs> so well, how do you know? How? Yeah. I don't know. So I went out to the bus and I didn't know whether to get on it or walk in front of it. You know. I, I guess so. I mean, I was 20, I guess about 21 at the time. And, and you spend, you lie awake at night wondering where the demons are and how do they all fit in? I've now got 12 of them, you know. What are they all doing? Are they busy talking to us? And I assumed they must all hate each other because, you know, like they're all trapped inside my body or something. Really ridiculous business. <laughs> this is off to a fascinating start. <laughs> I'm getting chills. The first song, Calling All Angels. That's a standard. That's not just the Whale and Jennies. Right. There's a lot of people that do Calling All Angels. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great version. Well, I'm grateful. I'm very grateful in so many ways to the to the Christians. And I still, I was at that church yesterday and I was, I was missing the music and the worship for sure. But I'm not comfortable in lots of places where, you know, it's not okay to be gay. So. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go to song number two. Let's do it. <laughs> Simone from uh, way back, way back. Um, I, I started my career as a French and Italian teacher. Wow. So I used to use songs a lot in my teaching. And the Makita Pa was suitably depressing for the teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you put something on which moved them, you know, if you could move them or make them laugh, you could keep them. Interested like they're, they're, in whatever yeah. you were doing, so we would write out song, song like song stuff, and and um, and then I make it a writing exercise. So I blank words out, and then they'd have to fill them in. Oh, cool! Yeah, it was fun. Uh, but this particular song, I also did a lot of busking when I was younger, and this was one of my staples. And um, uh, it, but it, it represents when you are uh, when you are gay and in denial. Uh, or in the closet and trying desperately hard to not be gay, you are, of course, always secretly in love with somebody. Mm. Mm. And so there was always lots of goodbyes that no one ever heard. There's silent screams, you know, when you would 
people you were friends at school or whatever it was. And then later on, in, I associate this particular song with a, a woman who I was with for a long time. And we no longer speak. I hope she might hear this one day and know that I still love her. Wow. Um, but we couldn't be together for various reasons. And um, so uh, that song has, and there's a lovely line in it at the end. The song is, you know, the translation, the Makitaba is, you know, don't leave me. And there's a lovely line in it, which kind of uh, points to my incredible codependence, as, you know, for many years. Uh, which was let me be uh, in the shadow, uh, in the shadow of your hand or in the shadow of your dog. This was how desperate this, mm -hmm. that's why Nina Simone sings this so amazingly because um, I think she related to that. And so it's about I, I was willing to do anything to be loved because you're so starved when you're gay and not allowing yourself to be gay. Everybody else around you is having relationships and bad and good. I'm not saying that being straight is a, is a panacea. It's not. But um, at least you get to practice and have a go, you know. Mm -hmm. I would see it, yeah, definitely. So it really took me until I was about 45 to come out properly. Wow. Can I drop the nugget on this song? Because I was, yeah, good idea. This is probably my favorite thing that I've found out of all the songs I've researched so far. But she said that you can call, and this kind of relates to the show that you went to yesterday, and mm -hmm. she says that you can call her style of music gospel, blues, folk, or soul, but you cannot call it jazz. She says that jazz is a white term to define black people. My music is black classical music. Oh, wow. Oh, I love that. Like, that's a, a great quote. I know, I love mm -hmm. it. That's a love great it. nugget. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the fact that she got turned down from the conservatory because she was black, mm -hmm. I mean... Gosh, the uh, litany of sort of just dreadful things that we've done, mm. you know, us, the white people. Mm. I was reading a story this morning about um, Martin Luther King. I don't know if you saw this, but it came out that he had a very long relationship with a white girl before he mm. finished his seminary studies and that... Um, they only kind of made like a brief blip of it in one autobiography and some author got that and was like, what? And uh, the work that they had to do and all the, 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 the family, mostly on his side, that was like, you can't be with a white person. Do you know what that's going to do with your activism? And how is she going to live as like a white wife to a pastor in the South? That can't possibly be fascinating. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So We had a pastor in our church who was with a white woman. She was from the South. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember where he was. But they were not going to have children because they didn't believe that they should. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, my mother married a black guy when I was six or seven years old, and he had three kids of his own. Interesting enough, they were also black. Um, that's a joke. I got it. Uh, they really <laughs> were. Uh, <laughs> I meant to laugh. And my mom and he had a child together as well. And and man, I just find myself at fifty three thinking about that particular whole area of consideration. I suppose you know, sort of the blending of like, wow, we're all so incredibly unique, and we're all so incredibly different. And then within the groups that we sort of identify first and foremost with, then we're different from other groups. And so on and so, and so forth. And I think another example of white privilege maybe is that I get to say, I, you know, it's all good with me, but I have to remember that that just isn't the privilege of most no. other people. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I get to say that yeah. primarily 
because of white privilege. I make no apologies for for that statement as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's that's just not, and that's where I think a lot of white people might go a little bit off track, or as they say over the pond, off their milk. There you go. Have you heard that expression before? I haven't. Well, well <laughs> there's a nugget that didn't get dropped. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I bet your comedy plays into a lot of this exorcism and oh, yeah. changing. I, the, and my sh- I do, the one woman show that I, I do is very much about this. I, about I, this. N- I, now I want to see it. Yeah. yeah to compliment well, I'd love, this. To, love to have you come. You're about to put it up, right? I am, yeah. Okay. yeah. Wait a minute. So the exorcisms that you would do, you were performing them or being having them performed on no, you? No, I was being done too. Whoa. Yeah, but I reenact them in my show. It's great fun. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, it's very funny. Now <laughs> did it's you funny come up with a name for each of the twelve? No, I should have. I should have done. I should have done. I did think about what. Uh, I mean, they did. They they called them rebellion. The the demon of resentment and rebellion mm. and uh, pride and they had a whole list of terrible things. I mean, as I was going through the, you know, it's very funny being partly why I came to California. I think was because the posi- You know, it's so much more positive. And um, so, but by the time you finish the exorcism, you, you now know that you are uh, suffering from resentment and rebellion and all these other terrible, terrible things, you know. So um, they, they gave them names. Yeah. I just generally referred to them all as Satan mm. Incorporated. You know? Satan Incorporated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not and when you think not you, sleepy, sneezy, no, that's dark. Right. When you spend years of your life thinking you have the devil in you, it can really work at you, you know. I bet. Yeah. I might do something strange in a minute if you're not careful. I'm hoping. <laughs> this table just rose off the floor a quarter of an inch. Oh, sorry. I didn't tell you these were standing desks. You know, you can. Ah, <laughs> oh, those, what, a, what a treat that is. I love the nuggets. I'm going to call Nugget on every song. <laughs> I am, yeah, because I. Anyway. Let's go. Song number three. It just makes me want to start acting. I just want to start acting when I hear this kind of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, and she. Grease in the comb. Yeah. He's doing something strange with his hair. <laughs> I want to go here, wherever this is happening. You do. You do want to go there. The song is called Petite Fleur. Mm-hmm. Sydney Bachet? Yes. I don't know why it's called Petite Fleur. Maybe you do. It means small flower. Yes, it does. <laughs> like the movie Chocolate. <laughs> Chocolate. Why this song? This is so evocative for me of driving through France ah. with the wind in, your, in my hair, with the woman I was with at the time, who shall remain nameless. But um, it was so romantic, and I had a little Fiat Barchetta, which was a convertible yellow sports car. Oh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> this is the woman you still love? I still, I mean, I we're done, but um, no, I know. I still f- have same woman. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and um, we drove through France, and we drove down to Geneva, and then we drove down to wow. because we had time, and we were on holiday. And when we got to Geneva, and we, you know, when you're driving through Europe, maybe sorry, maybe you don't know, but uh, when you're driving through Europe, 
you can be in Geneva and see signs for Turin and you can see signs for Rome. And then, so we just thought, oh, there's a sign for Turin. Let's keep going. Anyway, that, I remember that one particular night we ended up in Florence on the Ponte Vecchio. Wow. We just kept driving. And, uh, and that music is just all about that. And I think of, I don't know, I also, it makes me think of uh, English having uh, cream teas in the garden, you know, and that oh. sort of thing. It's just, and, and dances and um, dancing in the garden. And it's just, Sydney Beshi is extraordinary. It's like, it's different than being on the 14 and seeing signs for Bakersfield. Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Bakersfield, my love. <laughs> God, that sounds like something wow. out of a film, like a black and white film. Someone will make the film one day. It should be a film. You, right? Uh-huh. I'm going to make the film. It's your story. We always said we should make a film. Have you, have you been self-aware of the fact that your life was unfolding in a unique way, or only since un- I came to America and they, Re- at then the time, no, they pointed it out to me. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. No, no, not really. No, I just thought. I thought it was an odd life because I had lived a lie for a long time, mm. um, and uh, and I thought it was. Uh, I felt very lucky that I got to be, you know, have these travels and everything, and and so on. And because I was constantly uh, moving countries to go to be with or get away from uh, a woman, I've travelled to lots of countries. <laughs> 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 so I've spent time on a kibbutz in Israel. I've, I've, um, you know, I've, I've been, you know, Germany, Italy, Sweden, Denmark, you know, all in basically all in search of love, you know, mm-hmm. secretly. This was all after you were in Honduras with the mission. In, it was a bit of both. Okay. Yeah, the mission. Yeah, being in Honduras. That was, um, that was my. This was my final hurrah, really, to try and. They told me this was the best place in the world to, to get rid of this terrible problem I had. So I went there, and it was also performing arts. It had a performing arts element to it. So it was a month of, of being analyzed and confessing our sins, and which I was obviously very good at by then. And then we had uh, five months of preparing a, um, a performance and uh, traveling around um, America and Honduras and so on. And I auditioned, and I was lucky enough to get the part of Satan. Hmm. In oh, my production. God. Yeah. And while I was uh, doing that production, I fell in love with the girl who was playing the part of the Virgin Mary. And we had this rip-roaring affair as we traveled around preaching the gospel, wow. knowing that we were going to go to hell and really kind of not caring that much anymore. Because I was worn out with struggle, you know. Mm-hmm. So where are you now, having had these profound, immersed experiences? When mm-hmm. when when one sa- asks, you know, what's your spirituality deal? How would you sum that up? Well, I have just I'm on my latest thing. Right? Oh, you've I, so, okay. yeah, because I'm always moving forward. <laughs> I mean, I've I've Byron, I did Byron Katie for a while. I've I love Brene Brown. Who talks about vulnerability? She's extraordinary. These are preachers. No, Byron Kate is an amazing. Uh, she does an amazing work called the Four Questions. Oh, the Four Questions. Yeah, and so I've done lots of different things, but now um, I believe I'm going to lose people here. I know, but never mind. 
Um, <laughs> I, I, I suppose my greatest belief is that I have to be true to what I believe, whatever I, whatever I'm feeling at that moment. I have to say it and be it, and um, and um, so the latest thing is that I think that I create my own reality through my thoughts. Mm. That God is in me. Mm-hmm. I might even be part of God. Sorry. Oh, I, I mean, is there a heaven and a hell? I don't think so. I think we're in it now. I do too, uh-huh. yeah. I think we're in it now. Yeah. And then when we go, I think we're all energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I, what I'm practicing now is something called the three principles. Just started learning this in the last few months, last month. It's an amazing, amazing thing where you uh, really don't do anything, but you just trust your spirit and your soul to know uh, what you need to do and what you need to, how you need to live your life. And uh, that's about as far as I've got because I'm only just reading the book. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, it's I've, I've had some extraordinary happenings since starting to do it where the universe seems to be rushing to meet me. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to live my life like that. Tell the truth. Yeah. I'm connecting with everything that you're saying. This is amazing. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. Here we go. Song number four. I don't know what I've done Or if I like what I've begun But something told me to run And honey, you know me, it's all There were sounds in my head A little voice is whispering That I should go and this should end Oh, when I found myself listening Cause I lovely mm-hmm. do you know missy hickens no i do now oh good i'm so glad i'm introducing you I, I, i've never either i mean i'm interested in your experience mm-hmm. and i'm interested in the nugget yeah. This. yeah yeah she just did a tour in australia uh, fronting for ed sheeran oh and he has always had a crush on missy, H- missy hickens <laughs> he is one of she's one of the people he says influenced him mm. wow and she started very young i don't know she was probably 14 15 16 i can't remember but her songs are beautiful, and when I knew her, I'm lucky enough to, to know her personally, when I knew her, I was recently out and with the most beautiful, beautiful girl who happened to know Missy, and that's how I got to know her. And Missy at the time was also in a relationship with a girl, and she's recently 
one, I don't know why I need to tell you all this, but I am. She recently got married to an amazing guy called Dan, and I'm sorry, sorry, Dan, don't remember the second name, uh, who's a playwright. And so we recently connect, reconnected because he wrote a play that was performed here in, in L.A., uh, which the director of my show was in. And we kind of all reconnected. and it mm. was, But um, that particular song is, uh, I mean, her, she's just so, uh, so authentic and such a beautiful singer. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that song, I suppose, is a little bit about, um, you know, letting go and letting people, you know, when a relationship ends and someone else, that lovely line, you know, letting someone else have a hand upon her. Um, it's, it's, you know, learning to be unconditionally loving with the people that we are in relationship with unconditionally loving enough to know that when they do something or they end the relationship or they that that's because that's what they need to do and then we need to be doing something else can you paint a picture of where you were like literally physically environmentally mm -hmm. when you were with this beautiful woman you speak of and mm -hmm. you met missy mm -hmm. what was your address what was your day-to-day -day? like like describe what was your life when this at that time, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, Sarah and I were living on Fredonia in Hollywood. We had the most beautiful cabin. Uh, it was Rock Hudson's old summer house, which was oh, kind okay. of ironic, <laughs> right? kind of appropriate. Yeah. And uh, and uh, we were sort of she and I were auditioning and doing an incredible amount of yoga. <laughs> Ridiculous amounts of yoga, and um, uh, and we were just racing around. And she was twenty one years younger than me, and it was my first out relationship. And she was the most beautiful girl you'd ever seen. So uh, it made it a lot easier to be out because <laughs> everybody wanted to date her. Mm. And then I got mixed up with this uh, with with her friends of hers, and through Missy we met Drew Herriot, who was the director of The Secret. Mm. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. And um, so anyway, so we were living in this fabulous cabin and uh, having this ridiculous lifestyle. Not very much money coming in, I have to say. Mm -hmm. But fortunately, Sarah had, had just uh, left um, a man who was a billionaire. So um, she was very helpful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Mm. I wondered, you know, where were you at this time? What was yeah. That? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I'd, I'd finished the New York Film Academy and I was working for John Daly at Film and Music Entertainment. Mm -hmm. I got a job. Uh, this is the chap I met at the House of Blues. Can you tell us, because I love this story, mm -hmm. how you got that job? Well, I was at the House of Blues and a friend of mine, <laughs> a wonderful woman called Susan Dobson, uh, who's married to Kevin Dobson, um, uh, took me to uh, this event. It was an industry event. I was new to Los Angeles and um, I saw a gentleman with kind of uh, long grey hair and uh, I walked past and he had a Cockney accent so I said to him well you, you know you sound you sound a bit dodgy and he, <laughs> he laughed and kind of got rid of me and then I went up to him again and I said you know oh no I went to see his sidekick who said I said oh, who's that and he said oh no one important just the producer of Platoon and Terminator I said, oh, dear. So I went up to him again. I'm so, I said, I'm terribly sorry. I just learned how important you are. <laughs> um, 
uh, are you married? And he said, uh, he said, oh, no. He said, no. And I, he used a word that I won't use on your radio show. But he said, no, basically go away. <laughs> um, he said, oh, no one will have me now. He was, I guess he was in his late 60s, early 70s at that time. And I said, well, uh, so he went off again. And I went up to him again. I said, listen, I totally understand. It's, it's a too soon to talk, to talk about marriage. <laughs> so, but <laughs> if you give me a job, I promise you, I will never mention the M word again. <laughs> I'll never bring it up. And he said, oh. And he turns to his bloke next to him, a guy called um, Tim Shiner. He says to him, uh, so um, bring her in Monday, for God's sake, you know. <laughs> Bloody bring her in. And I had a job. And from that job, I mean, I went to Cannes, to the film festival, uh-huh. work, selling his films. I mean, it was ridiculous. Because I spoke French and Italian, so. Of course. And I had an English accent. And, and if you have an English accent here, apparently it's useful. I didn't realize. And, <laughs> and, and, a, and, a, 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 and a South Boston. Interestingly oh, really? enough, South Boston oh, and, and yeah, English accents are very popular. Right. Yeah, yeah. I did have an acting teacher, though, um, Maria Gabetti, who has the Victory Theatre, which is a wonderful theatre here. Uh, she did say to me in class once, she said, you know, Fiona, it's not enough to be English. <laughs> oh. it, was, it was good. She was sobering and it was uh, humbling. Yeah. yeah. I was presenting at uh, Harrow on the Hill near Wembley. Really? Yes, and the vicars were very concerned about my American ideology about substances, especially alcohol, which I was giving my talk on. Right. Somehow in my lecture, I was remembering the importance and, and good times of spending time with my dad, shagging fly balls in left field, playing baseball, and right. I got the biggest laugh <laughs> from the boy, because shagging means... <laughs> Yes, I had no idea what you just said, but yeah. I do know what shagging means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll never forget. I mean, it went, went off beautifully, except yeah. for that one moment. I looked over and the vicars were, oh. Yeah, yeah. But I, I pulled it off. I'm well, a professional, after all. <laughs> Comedian, speaker. All right, well, we are going to round out with song number five. Number five. I close my eyes and I can see a world that's waiting up for me that I call my own. Through the dark, through the door, through where no one's been before, but it feels like home. They can say, they can say it all sounds crazy. This is from The Greatest Showman on Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why the song? 
there are two reasons. Um, uh, the first is there's a line in that we can live in a world that we design. Yep. And when I think of myself, I just turned 60. And when I think of where I've come from, um, which was, you know, nothing, so there's nothing wrong with where I came from at all, but the journey, the trajectory, and where I am now, and I understand more and more that as I put my mind to what I want and not instead of what I don't want, um, the, you know, the road opens up. And um, the fact that we can dream and the dreams can come true. And more and more I'm feeling that if, if, as I regain that very childlike uh, approach to life of, of dreaming and remembering what it's like to be a child and thinking about, oh, love to do that and then thinking well you can do that yeah let's do it you know um and the other reason is is that I was in Australia at Christmas the girl that I was with in um Hollywood uh you know when we were we knew Missy Higgins was um we broke up for a while and uh when she came back to me she found out four days later that she was pregnant so um I was uh 51 and she was a lot younger, and uh, and I had a big decision to make because I, I I did the maths, you know, and I worked out that if I if we continued to live together, there would no longer be two of us, but there'd be three of us. Mm. So um, so for a while, I was on board, and we we had this baby born in our sitting room, and it was extraordinary. And um, you know, the relationship with the father didn't work out, mm. her relationship, and um, and so. There's a boy in my life who I absolutely adore. He now lives in Australia with his mum and his other beautiful mother, um, who were, were very close. And um, I took him to see Greatest Showman uh, when I was in with him in Australia. And by the time we'd pretty much by the time we got home, uh, he knew all the words and <laughs> yeah. just just loved it. So it's a kind of a connection to him. He's uh-huh. nine. He's nine now. Oh, such a fun age. Yeah. <laughs> I've got um, a daughter who will be 10 this summer, and mm. I placed her for adoption. And so it has been so cool to kind of watch her grow up through social media and still be a part of her life. Like, I'll send her letters and Christmas cards and stuff like that, and I'll see her at Thanksgiving, Christmas, things like that. Um, very close with her parents and then her parents' in-laws. It's a very tight-knit wow. story Lovely. but yeah it's the same thing just like mm-hmm. every time i see her she'll come out she'll be like look what you brought me look what you wrote for me and mm. oh, um, how sweet i'm waiting until she gets just a little bit older like looking forward to the response letters you know stuff Lovely, like that yeah. so yeah i had a photograph from he he sent me or his his other mum sent me a lovely picture he'd this week he made a little altar by his bed and on the altar he'd put a pair of glasses that i'd left behind a little post, a little passport photo of me, and some rocks around. It. <laughs> 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 it's just, I mean, it just brought tears to my eyes. And there's something about, you know, I mean, that moment being with a child when he's born, you, you, that connection is always there. And mm-hmm. and there's something about children that just open up your heart. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm very grateful to him because he did something that nothing else could do. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Well, I mean. Let's be honest, there's far more important things to discuss these days. I mean, we're talking about building walls and right. tax breaks and building right. up our arm. I mean, why would anybody spend time talking about this kind of <laughs> absolutely beautiful, real part of humanity? I'm Fiona, I don't know. You brought some energy into this room. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I, I, I didn't quite know. I, I, we, I don't anticipate anything, but I mean, I'm just 
in your stories and in your music, there's an awareness that I'm feeling right now anyway. Oh, thank and you. You had mentioned as well, Maggie, you've mm -hmm. into a year now of therapy and I am too in many ways mm -hmm. and have been mm -hmm. in many ways. And it's just the journey continues, right? Mm -hmm. It really does. And yeah. And music helps an S load. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> old age is a getting older is a privilege. You know? Isn't that the truth? Yeah, yeah man. I love these five. We will post up all five of those nuggets so you can see Thank more you. about the songs. We're not done with you yet. Nah, right. far from okay. It. <laughs> okay. Ouch. You can ask me difficult we, questions. We are going to oh, yeah. <laughs> take kind of a brain break. I'm going to let Dave take over because he's got a game we like to call oh. Band Name or Barney. That's right. After we journey down the, the road of five songs or five tunes here at White Tune Shuffle, we find ourselves in varying states of emotion. Um, all good, all good here. Um, but we take a kind of a hard left, and we introduce a game that Maggie and I love very much playing. Maggie's a contestant every week in this particular <laughs> game. I'm the host, and you, uh, Fiona, will also be playing either with or right. against Maggie. It, it kind of evolves as we as we go forward. The name of the the name of the game is Bar Name. Or I, guess, I suppose if we were in in England, we'd call it Pub Name. Pub or, Name, great. Yeah, yeah Pub yeah, Name yeah. Mm -hmm. or Band Name. Right. And uh, each week we ask our guest to take us somewhere, um, our prior guest to you, it was Mia in this case, Yes. somewhere throughout the world where I will go and research the names of different local bands and local pubs, and wow. then I will read one of each to you, and your job will be to decide and tell me which one is the pub name, which one is the band name. Wow. Isn't this fabulous? Right. Fantastic. Well, buckle up your seatbelts. Right. Because Mia has taken us to Berkeley, California. <laughs> right. Home of startups, education, and a lot of free stuff. So <clears throat> I researched and I came up with uh, two uh, names. One is a pub name and the other is a band name. The first one is Barefoot Boogie. Hmm. Barefoot Boogie. The second name is Hella Fitzgerald. Wow. Hella Fitzgerald. H-E-L-L-A Fitzgerald. Which is the pub name and which is the band name? Okay, Dave. Hella is so Northern California, that's not even funny. <laughs> I feel culturally at a disadvantage. I'd like to phone a friend. I think I might phone Mia. We don't, we don't, there's no reception here. No. You're on your own, Fiona. Okay. Well, I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, make a. It's fifty-fifty. So, um, whatever that first thing was, you said. Barefoot boogie. Is that what? Like, if I were to say, "Hey, do you want to go to Barefoot Boogie and hear Hella Fitzgerald play tonight?" Yeah. Does that make sense? Does it does totally. Oh, on the other hand, how would you like to go to Hella Fitzgerald and check out Barefoot Boogie? It's a good night. I was good gonna time. say, I think Barefoot Boogie is like a Jimmy Buffett cover band. And then you'd probably go eat at Hella Fitzgerald. Yeah, I'm with her. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna team up. Yeah. Okay. okay well, if you're at twenty five twenty five Eighth Street in West Berkeley, between Parker Street and Dwight Way, <laughs> you'd be at Barefoot Boogie. No! That's the name of the pub. Yeah, I live music, right great contemporary well foods. Yeah. <laughs> and you might be lucky enough to hear Hella Fitzgerald. Oh, uh, this is an orchestra type uh, group. Uh, they play everything from bebop to hip hop. Uh, Sinatra, Amy Winehouse, Stevie Wonder, Etta James, James Brown, mm. and of course, Great Standards by 
Ella Fitzgerald. If you want to check out the Barefoot Boogie, just call 415-820-1452, and you'll get their entire schedule, or go to their website, www.barefootboogie. <laughs> the same is true with Hella Fitzgerald. They'll come to your event. They'll play your show. Uh, very reasonably priced. Very full of heart and soul. You can reach them at 415-218-7688. And remember to tell them you heard it here on Y-Tune Shuffle, bar name or band name. Oh, man. Okay, I hammed it up. I'm a radio nerd. I totally. I am. I want to be. Thanks for playing. Now your job is to take us. And Fiona's been everywhere. I am. You're like Johnny Cash. I've been everywhere, man. Right. Where would you take us next week for bar name or band name? So let's go to Stratford-on-Avon. Stratford-on-Avon. Oh, now we're talking. Yeah, that's uh, that's near London. Uh, It's a couple of hours north of London. An hour and a half, yeah. Wild That's guys. close. Yeah. 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 Oh, good. I'm so glad. I, I thought the that was. A, flies. I thought that was going to be a test that I wouldn't pass. I hate, <laughs> oh, no. I hate losing and not passing tests. <laughs> well, well that is. was band name or bar name mm-hmm. brought to you by your name here. Still looking for sponsors. And don't forget, you can hit us up on any of the socials at YTunes Shuffle or email us at YTunes Shuffle at gmail.com. Okay. Now, this is my favorite part, Fiona. Right. Thinking very hard. Yes, I'm we thinking. Would, I'm would, furrowing my brows. We, we, speak. we would love to hear the story of your very first concert. My Ever. first concert? Yes. Ah, right. Big venue. Big venue. Or little venue, or just one that sticks out in your mind. Yeah, yeah, the first one that comes venue. to mind. Yeah. Michael Jackson. No! Oh, come Where? on! What? London, Wembley. <laughs> oh! Yeah. Who'd you go with? Wow! I went with a friend so long ago. I actually don't remember who I went with. I'm so sorry. Um, But yes, I went to Michael Jackson. It was the first concert I'd ever been to because of being my very um, narrow religious uh, sort of experience. Going to concerts weren't really, were frowned on. So, um, you know, it was considered to be frivolous. Mm -hmm. So it was, I decided I have to go to a concert. And Michael Jackson was the first concert that, um, you know. That was next. And you were like, we're going. We're going. (laughs) Yeah. And I was disappointed because um, he was so far away and I wanted him to be nearer. Mm. Huge venue. It was a huge venue and the atmosphere was incredible. And um, my goodness, what a, what a amazing man and performer and you know was this like the thriller no it was much earlier than that okay much earlier than that. so we hadn't done like the leaning no oh wow no it was before that wow yeah it was back in i I don't know i was probably 40 years ago Mm -hmm. at least yeah 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 at wembley yeah yeah that's so cool yeah it was amazing did you ever get to see him again no, I didn't, but I started to get into his music, and he had lots of, I loved the songs where, which talked about being alone and lonely, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> losing losing the girl, and um, I am, that song, I am not alone, what was it, I'm not you alone, are not that's the one, alone. yes, mm-hmm. you are not alone, I would sing that all the time, so my, my head was always full of how lonely I was, and how terrible, terribly heartbroken I was all the time, it's taken a lot to er- eradicate that. Sorry about that, everybody. You can edit this, right? I'm relating (laughs) to it, actually, (laughs) as I think a lot of people probably will. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess you've already kind of answered this, but what was the last concert that you went to? 
the last concert I went to um, was yesterday, really. Yes, uh, playing Lucky. Oh, you saw playing Lucky. No, last no, the last. No, you're absolutely right. The, no, the last concert I went to was yesterday, at the church in Pacoima, Seventh Day Adventist Church. I'm so sorry, I don't remember the name of the church. And the singing in this church was not only what I would call spirit-filled and just, it was just, I thought I was at a professional concert. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Everybody was so lovely and sweet. And and um, and there was one woman at the end, she sang, We Shall Behold Him. Oh, my goodness. And her, I, I, she had a, 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 I think her name was Nikita. Mm-hmm. And her voice was operatic and incredible. This is every Saturday night they worship at this. No, it was they were they were having their Easter service, uh. Christmas concert at eleven a.m. in the morning. But apparently, every week on a Sunday, this church, this is what you get. So wow. in Pacoima, yeah, that's where I live. Really, I live in Pacoima. Well, you should try it out. I'd like to try it out. Yeah, yeah. I um, love that you can go to a concert and when you leave, you feel different. Exactly. Better. Oh my goodness. Healed in some way. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Well, before we let you go, Fiona, this is your time to plug away. Any shows, any socials? How can we follow you, keep up with you, okay. see you? I'll talk fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, take your time. This, this is not is a it. disclaimer. Yeah, this yeah. is, yeah. Okay, so having spent years, well, most of my life in the closet, mm-hmm. I have now gone to the polar opposite of that. I'm now doing a, a show, which is a mixture of, it's a play, really, um, about my life, and it's called A Very British Lesbian. And uh, I'm doing it at the home of Leon Carla McCloskey um, in on May sixth, and and I'm doing it at the Zephyr Theatre uh, for six weeks from May twenty seventh to July first mm-hmm. uh, on a Sunday at six, and um, the last Sunday it will be at seven, and it can be found on brown paper tickets uh, at a very British lesbian dot bpt dot me. And uh, and the other plug is that I am also, my sideline is that I qualified as a psychotherapist in the UK, finally. And I'm not allowed to call myself one here uh, because of the licensing. But I call myself other things, like an intuitive coach or something. So mm-hmm. uh, if people would like to spend more time with me talking about things that are interesting for them or challenging for them, I'm also very interested to help people in that. And how do, we, how do we contact you um, in that way? That's a good point. On my website. There that's you go. right. You have a website, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's such a good point. Um, FionaGoodwin.com. Great. Perfect. There you Easy. Go. That was painless. Yeah. <laughs> Fiona, thank you for spending <laughs> Saturday you. with you. Or what is it? Sunday? Sunday. Yeah, Easter Sunday. with us. And uh, we'll let you get back to your Cadbury eggs. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. You've put it in my head, head now. It's, it's done. Thank you so much. Oh, you've been great. I've oh. made it a wonderful experience. Thank you. Thank you.